The Russians are at it again. They're at it again, those darn pesky Russians. You see, there was a minor story in the news. It was this little thing. It's not even worth rehashing, but it turns out that Hunter Biden was getting payments from the Ukrainians to sell the influence of his father. And then he apparently introduced the Ukrainians to his father. And he also got lucrative deals in China. And he might've actually been kicking back that money to his father per Hunter Biden's text messages. But that, look, okay, that's sort of beside the point. This is a malicious scheme of Russian disinformation and it's, I mean, it's, you know, they've got pictures of Biden and they've got his text messages, but it's probably, it's, it's probably just really good Photoshop, you know, cause it's obviously dis, disinformation. None of it is true. It's the Russians. It's the, so it's Khrushchev, it's Stalin and nothing to see here folks, right? Except that the director of national intelligence says, actually, none of that is the case. It's, it's not Russian disinformation. Actually, it looks like all the emails are legit. It's funny that uh, some of the people that complain the most about uh, intelligence being politicized are the ones politicizing intelligence. And unfortunately, in this case, uh, it is Adam Schiff, the chairman of the House Intelligence uh, Committee, who, uh, as you pointed out on Friday, said that the intelligence community believes that Hunter Biden's laptop and the emails on it are, are part of some Russian disinformation campaign. Let me be clear, the intelligence community doesn't believe that uh, because there's no intelligence that supports that. And we have shared no intelligence with Chairman Schiff or any other member of Congress that Hunter Biden's laptop is part of some Russian disinformation campaign. It's simply not true. And this is exactly what I said I would stop when I became the director of national intelligence, and that's people using the intelligence community to leverage some political narrative. And in this case, apparently Chairman Schiff w wants anything against his preferred political candidate to be deemed as not real and is using the intelligence community or attempting to use the intelligence community to say there's nothing to see here. It's not the Russians, it's not the Macedonians, it's not click farms, it's not any of that. The Democrats are corrupt. The Biden family is corrupt. And Joe is literally running away when he gets asked questions about it. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from yesterday from Kurdati, who said, kids at eight years old are transgendering. Huh. When I was eight, I still was curious what sand tasted like. Yes, that is true. This is this bizarre situation here where the, the left says that children are capable or the, are of making life-changing decisions, decisions that they can never come back from, permanently changing their body chemistry, uh, while at the same time saying, for instance, I don't know, uh, 18-year-old on a college campus can't make their own personal decisions. Why do we have an age of consent? We have an age of consent because we say young people are not capable of making decisions you know, certain decisions that could have effects later on. So we're saying that a 17-year-old can't choose to have a one-night stand, but an eight-year-old can choose to fundamentally change their body chemistry and their sexual appearance. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that is the way the, the woke revolution has unfolded. The only way to have tolerance and openness and inclusion is to trans the kids. And that is pretty gross stuff. And that is child abuse. 
and the left unbelievably embraces it all the way up to their presidential candidate, Joe Biden, who, by the way, has gotten caught with his pants down. Well, I'm sorry, a CNN analyst got caught with his pants down, but Joe Biden got caught in a pretty crooked scheme, which we will get to because, you know, Joe, Joe was always known for being like really slick and really smooth. You know, he's a smooth operator, but this time, I don't know, he didn't not smooth enough. You know what is really smooth though? Buttercloth. Buttercloth is the world's smoothest, softest, most comfortable dress shirt. It's not stiff and scratchy like typical men's dress shirts. I wore my buttercloth shirt to dinner about two nights ago. This thing is unbelievable. So they're all, it's all just using this incredibly soft fabric that uses a special blend of 100% long fiber cotton and a unique manufacturing process. It's not some kind of weird material that's super synthetic or something. It's all cotton, but it's, you've never felt anything this soft. And then the shirt that I have has these little mint particles in it that when you put it on, it cools you down. So you actually get like a little chill up your spine. It's unbelievable. I've never felt anything like it. Uh, the company was featured on ABC's hit show Shark Tank in 2018. And these guys love the shirt so much that they invested quarter million dollars. And I'm glad they did because now they've grown into a big company and the shirts are magnificent. Buttercloth is offering our listeners 20% off your first purchase. Go to buttercloth.com slash Knowles. Get 20% off your first full price order. That is buttercloth.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Democrats got caught in a pretty bad scheme. Actually, even before we get to Joe Biden running away from this and, and the cover-up from the media and the cover-up from big tech, there's more news on the Hunter Biden scandal. So, you, you know, these messages came out that showed that Hunter Biden introduced a Russian energy executive, or a Ukrainian energy executive, rather, to his father while his dad was the point man on Ukraine and while his dad was vice president. And it just looked like a pay-for-play kind of corrupt scheme. So for a while, you'll remember on this show, I said, now the, the emails appear to be real, but we don't know. We're not saying anything. Now it looks pretty certain. Now it looks pretty clear. The Biden campaign is not denying the veracity of the emails on the hard drives. They have photos of Hunter Biden. So it's pretty, pretty clear that it was his. Otherwise it was the greatest Photoshop job in the world. And beyond Ukraine, there's a another thread in here that shows Hunter Biden pursuing a very lucrative energy deal in China and possibly cutting his dad in on the action and possibly giving his dad a significant portion of his salary. And uh, Fox is reporting that this has been verified. Again, it's, it's anonymous, so you can't say for sure. Uh, but You've got Hunter Biden using this phrase. Don't, he's, he's texting his kids. He goes, don't worry, unlike Pops, I won't make you give me half your salary. Well, who's Pops? Presumably, if it's Hunter Biden writing it, Pops is his dad, particularly in the context of writing to his son. So now there's a possibility that Hunter Biden is getting these crooked deals by selling his dad's influence overseas. We're talking millions and millions of dollars. And then he's cutting his dad in on, on half of that money. Joe Biden, don't forget, Joe Biden's never had a job outside of government, not since the early 70s. And yet he's got really nice houses, really nice suits, raises a lot of questions. Biden campaign, not denying any of this. Now, you probably haven't heard all of those details. Why not? Because the mainstream media are completely ignoring this story. Shows you, it shows you why the fake news is the fake news. It's not because they get one story wrong or they fabricate one story even. It's that they are not the news. They aren't news. They are Democrat operatives. And so any reporter, I don't care your political, 
your political preferences. Any actual journalist, if they got this story, they would be hounding Biden day in and day out. They would be crowing about this. They would be on the news 24-7. But because the news are actually just Democratic operatives, they're perfectly willing to let the story be suppressed. And President Trump called them out for it using very specific language. The campaign strategy seems to be to call Biden a criminal. Why is that? He is a criminal. He's a criminal. He got caught. Read his laptop. And you know who's a criminal? You're a criminal for not reporting it. You are a criminal for not reporting it. Let me tell you something. Joe Biden is a criminal and he's been a criminal for a long time. And you're a criminal in the media for not reporting it. Good luck, everybody. Have a good time. Have a good time. (laughs) Good luck, everybody. On that note, Trump is really a master of this kind of scene. It's because he's a TV star. He knows that a boring press conference in the White House press room is not going to do very well. So you'll notice he gives these press conferences and they don't always get the most play. He usually gets better play when he's talking to reporters outside of an airplane, outside of a helicopter on the White House lawn, because it's just more dramatic. You're more in the scene. There's more going on around him. And so he, he uses this to pitch the message. Biden's a criminal and so are you. Think about the question that the reporter asks him. The reporter doesn't ask him anything about an issue, right? It's not asking him about the Hunter Biden emails, not asking him about an issue that Trump is involved in. He's saying, why are you calling Joe Biden a criminal? And and now Trump has to inform the reporter about this major news story that the New York Post broke a, a week ago that Hunter Biden's emails show his crooked business dealings in Ukraine and China. How backwards a society are we living in that the president of the United States needs to fill in the reporter on the news? He says, oh, well, I guess you probably, you don't read the news or you do read the news, but you don't read the news in the news. The Biden family is crooked. Joe Biden was, uh, is not nearly as forthright with the press as President Trump is. So he stopped by an ice cream stand on the campaign trail and there was some press around. And so good old Scranton Joe, he decided to make a, a few fun, nice little comments about ice cream. And he likes the chocolate ice cream. You know, he doesn't, he prefers that to the vanilla ice cream. And then they ask him an actual question, like some reporter, I guess, snuck in to this, this grouping and said, Hey, what's going on with that whole Ukraine thing and China and all that? Biden bolts. And then he goes, and you can't, by the way, you can't just say this is an example of gotcha journalism where someone runs up while the, while Joe Biden's just minding his own business and Joe Biden keeps walking. Joe Biden stopped, decided to talk to the reporters about how he likes his ice cream cones. Really important issues, probably the most complex issue that Joe Biden can handle at this point. And then a reporter, again, just kind of snuck in secretly and he goes, hey, what's going on with that FBI thing with, and Biden just, the minute he gets to B, he doesn't even get the FBI out. He gets you F, hey, what's with that FB, bye, see ya. And Joe Biden walks away, puts his hand up in a way that is not only evading the question, but incredibly arrogant, not even running totally out of fear, running with this pride saying, look, I know I don't have to answer this. How dare you? How dare you ask me? It's my turn. I'm supposed to be president now. You don't, you don't get to ask me those tough questions. Bye. See ya. That, that kind of a a situation, it just shows you how comfortable the Democrats have gotten with the press carrying water for them. 
How disrespectful is that? No, I'm not answering that tough question. Call me when you want me to talk about ice cream, okay? The, the Biden campaign just does not want to communicate with the press. It's very difficult to communicate these days. If you want to communicate better, by the way, you should use Pure Talk USA, okay? If your carrier, if your cell plan is with Verizon, ATT, T-Mobile, you are paying way too much for the exact same coverage that you would be getting right now with Pure Talk. I know what you just heard me say is, you're paying too much for similar coverage. That's not what I'm saying. Saying the exact same coverage as one of those big carriers. The average person who switches to Pure Talk is using less than four gigs of data per month. The big carriers, though, are charging you for unlimited data. That's how Pure Talk saves the average person over $400 per year on their wireless service. Unlimited talks, talk, (laughs) talks, talk, text, and two gigs of data all for just $20 a month. I'm not joking. And by the way, if you go over on your data usage, they won't charge you for it. (laughs) I know it sounds insane, but believe it or not, when companies are out there and they're not just gouging you for no reason, and they're not charging you for data you're not using, you can save a lot of money. Grab your mobile phone right now. Dial pound 250, say Michael Knowles. When you do, you will save 50% off your first month. Dial pound 250, say keyword Michael Knowles. Pure talk, simply smarter wireless. So now Joe Biden is running away from the questions, the few times that the Hunter questions even come up. But don't forget, this this Hunter issue has been going on for a very long time. I mean, we've known about this Hunter issue for for years at this point, and it's even kind of cropped up into the press for about a year, year and a half. Early on, reporters were bringing this up, if for no other reason than so that Joe could swat it down. The trouble was Joe Biden wasn't able to swat it down because the scandal is obviously legitimate and it's obviously stinks to high heaven. The, the anger that, that Joe Biden would express when he was asked this question shows you everything you need to know about whether or not it is legit. Take a listen to a quick little montage of Joe occasionally answering a question on Hunter. Your son's job in Ukraine. How is that not a conflict of interest? It's not a conflict of interest. There's been no indication of any conflict of interest from Ukraine or anywhere else. Period. I'm not going to. I'm not going to respond to that. Let's focus on the problem. Focus on this man, what he's doing that no president has ever done. You're selling access to the president. A damn liar, man. You said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? Get your words straight, Jack. Do you think it was wrong for him to take that position? No. Knowing that it was really because but, that but company did. wanted access to you. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? Well, don't Who you said that? that? <laughs> So that's a Trump ad. And there at the very end is that email from the Ukrainian executive saying to Hunter saying, thank you for inviting me to DC to meet your dad. So that's who's saying it is the, the Ukrainian executive, even Savannah Guthrie, right? Who is as far left as they come. She's asking Biden, you know, look, this doesn't look great for you. You know, isn't it maybe just say it's like sort of like a little improper maybe. And then we can just kind of scoot this under the rug. But obviously Hunter Biden got the job because he was selling your name. And Joe couldn't even admit that. He says, no, you don't know that. May, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he got the job because he goes to the same strip club as the oil executive. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they like the same recreational. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe. 
Hunter Biden is not qualified to do anything. Okay. He has no qualifications in anything. He has one thing going for him in the professional world, which is that his last name is Biden. And that really only worked for him when his dad was VP or now that his dad could possibly become the president. And so he sold that influence and who knows, may still be selling that influence. That is a major scandal. We've heard so much from the left about how Trump is enriching himself in the presidency, but he's not, right? Because then we also heard about a month ago that Trump is losing a lot of money and his, some of his businesses are in debt and he's, and he's lost a billion dollars while he's been in the White House and he doesn't take any money for the job. He, he gives a, he donates a salary. So he's not enriching himself in the presidency. You can always, you can always check this when the left attacks Trump for opposite reasons. He's enriching himself in the presidency and he's going broke. (laughs) And they say that at the same time, but nobody thinks Joe Biden's gone broke. Nobody thinks Joe Biden's losing money. Everyone realizes that Joe Biden's worked in the government service for 50 years and somehow he's gotten real rich doing it. All right. He's caught with his pants down much like much like a certain CNN analyst yesterday and writer for the New Yorker, Jeffrey Tubin, who was put on to an, a, an indefinite leave because he was on a conference call, on a Zoom call, and he was caught getting a little frisky with himself on, on the Zoom call. Now, for expert analysis of this, this particular action and this story, we turn now to Woody Allen. Hey, don't knock masturbation. It's sex with someone I love. Fair enough. That's a good point. Uh, You can't argue with that. And I guess that's what Jeffrey Tubin was thinking too. Jeffrey Tubin is pretty left wing. Jeffrey Tubin was pretty vicious during the whole Kavanaugh scandal, you know, and and accusing Kavanaugh of all sorts of madness and particularly of a sexual nature. And yet now Jeffrey Tubin gets caught doing some weird, creepy stuff. Vice Magazine reported this yesterday that Jeffrey Tubin exposed himself to members of the New Yorker and WNYC radio during a Zoom call. And this, this according to the story, the call uh, was described as an election simulation. So now when I read that, I realized this may have just been a, a huge misunderstanding because see, it was supposed to be an election simulation. And I don't know, maybe Jeffrey didn't have his glasses on when he was reading the instructions. All I know is the man was two letters away from being the most meticulous person on that phone call. But unfortunately, got a couple letters wrong in there. And now he is, he is indefinitely suspended. This was on a call with Jane Meyer, Masha Gessen, Andrew Morantz, Jelani Cobb, Evan Osnos, Sue Halpern, and Dexter Filkins. All these kind of liberal, prominent journalist types. The reason I bring up this story is actually two reasons. One, Trump's critics are worse than Trump. <laughs> this is a, I always, you always hear this from the left. They say, Trump is awful. He's terrible. He's vulgar. He says mean things. He dated porn stars. He whatever, you know, and I think, okay, well, I guess all of that's fair enough, but his critics are worse. Trump is vulgar and he's made a lot of money and whatever. Uh, Joe Biden is a crook who sold influence, as was Hillary, by the way. Hillary was the same thing. Hillary was also selling influence through the Clinton Global Initiative. Well, uh, tr- you know, Trump has a, a, says vulgar things. Joe Biden says a lot of vulgar things. Well, Trump has made some mistakes in his career. Joe Biden's only made mistakes in his career. Well, th- these, I don't know, these Republicans are blah, blah, blah. Anything you can accuse these guys of, 
it's doubly true of his critics. This is, Drew Clavin has this great point on bigots, which is, he, he makes the observation that it's not that bigots are necessarily wrong about the people they're criticizing. It's just that they have no self-awareness. They don't, they're wrong about themselves. You might say, oh, that guy's awful. He's terrible. Sure, maybe, but what about you, buddy? And so the, the left does this here too. You know, they can castigate Brett Kavanaugh, a milquetoast lawyer, because I don't know, he kissed a girl in 1982, maybe. Meanwhile, these guys are doing weird, creepy stuff on Zoom calls. But the second point I want to make on the Zoom call is we need to go back to work. We need to. We need to take off the dumb masks and we need to leave our stupid apartments and we need to stop Purelling ourselves, bait, walking through showers of Purell every time we go everywhere, and we need to be social again. I'm not making any kind of scientific point. I'm making a political point. I'm making a human point. We are not meant to be locked in pods alone for the rest of our lives. We are human beings are social animals. Our defining characteristic is how social we are and the fact that we have speech so we can communicate with each other. And if you put a mask on your face all the time and you block your, your smile and you block your mouth and you block your voice, you are fundamentally crippling your humanity. And I, I don't care if it increases the chances that you get the flu. By the way, maybe it, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Okay? I'm, not, I'm not delving into the scientific question. I'm only making the political point here. People get weird and creepy when you lock them alone for a long time. Jeffrey Tubin wouldn't have gotten caught in this problem if he were in a business meeting in the boardroom of the New Yorker rather than on Zoom. I, I hope so. Or if he did, it would make an even funnier story. Okay, we have to do it. I get the, you know, the, the only good thing I can say about the lockdowns is that it has given people a little bit more time to read. But look, it's very hard to find time to read these days. And at thinker.org, you don't necessarily have to because they will summarize the key ideas from new and noteworthy nonfiction, giving you access to an entire library of great books in bite-sized form. Read or listen to hundreds of titles in a matter of minutes from old classics like Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People to recent bestsellers like Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. Thinker offers a large variety of titles across many categories from current affairs, politics, business, education, history, relationships. They're great. You'll even find titles from Ben Shapiro. You find titles from Matt Walsh. Will you find my blank book on there? I don't know. Reasons to vote for Democrats? You're going to have to go check it out. I really like these guys. They also, by the way, sponsor my book club show over at PragerU. So they are so involved in getting people to read, to challenge their preconceptions, to expand their horizons, and most importantly, to sound smart at cocktail parties. Go to thinker, T-H-I-N-K-R.org. No E, there's no time for that. You get a free trial, download the app today. Let them know that you heard about them on the Michael Knowles Show. That is thinker.org. So Tubin caught with his pants down. I don't want to knock him too much here. I don't want to, uh, I, you know, I don't want to attack him. It's very embarrassing. I'm sure he's having a very, very bad day. Uh, and that's only like the 10th creepiest thing that's going on at CNN in, in the past few months. However, we, we need to reopen society, and I don't want to hear any stupid egghead doctors telling me anything otherwise. I don't care what their opinion is because I'm not making a, a scientific point. I'm sure from an epidemiological standpoint, it's, it's better to lock ourselves and wrap ourselves in saran wrap and, and sit in our apartment all the time because then you're really going to reduce your exposure to germs. But we're not going to beat germs, folks. We're not going to end germs on Earth. I know, I know the left is utopian, but that's, that's taking it far even for them. There will be germs, you will get sick, 
10% of the world's population, according to the WHO, has already gotten COVID. 20% of Chicagoans, according to one study, have gotten COVID. Or the disease has only been around for nine months. It, we're going to get it, okay? It's around. It's going to be around. It's spreading extremely fast. According to the CDC, by the way, according to one survey of people that the CDC was looking at, 85% of the infected people were wear, reported wearing their masks always or often. Just 3.9% reported wearing their masks never. Okay. And this, by the way, this study that the left is so furious about this study that they keep trying to say that it's not true. Never mind. Let's get it off the CDC website. And, and they're misrepresenting it. So they're saying it is not true that 85% of people who have had COVID wore their masks all the time. Or, or they'll say the, the, the way they really try to twist it is they'll say it is, it is not true that 85% of people who have worn masks got COVID. No, that's no one's, no one's saying that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the survey is very clear of the people that the CDC looked at, 85% of the infected people wore their masks always or often compared to just 3.9% of people who never wore them. That is indisputable. That is right there on the CDC website, which suggests to me, we're not going to defeat germs by putting cloth over our face forever. Okay. It's just, I don't know. I'm just reading. I defer to the science. The left is not deferring to the science though, by the way. You know, they've been telling us, listen to the scientists, listen to the experts. Well, only if the experts back up their preconceived political notions, because you've got an expert on this at the White House, Dr. Scott Atlas. Dr. Scott Atlas came out, he tweeted that the masks maybe don't work that well. He tweets out a, a, an article from the American Institute for Economic Research that showed that, or that argued rather that face masks should be restricted to narrow circumstances, such as you're visiting an elderly, sick person, uh, in a controlled healthcare setting, you know, like a hospital or a nursing home or something like that. It also, uh, raised the question as to whether or not widespread mask use may lead to an increased spread of the virus rather than less of a spread of the virus. The reason it raised this is the same reason that an epidemiologist at Columbia raised the prospect to NPR. It's the same reason that Dr. Fauci actually uh, recommended not wearing masks early on, which is that people don't use them correctly. So there is a world in which if you're not using your mask correctly, you end up touching your face even more. You lower it or the masks are dirty. People don't wash them all the time. All perfectly obvious, common sense, legitimate questions. Twitter censored that. Didn't just censor the article, censored the White House medical expert. What happened to listening to the expert? Oh, only listen to the experts if their recommendations help Democrats win an election. That's what it really means. Andrew Cuomo tweeted out, Andrew Cuomo is the worst. That guy is the worst. He tweeted out a month or two ago. He said, believe science, trust the science. He believes science, right? Okay. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. That's some creepy, creepy Gnostic religious kind of stuff. But Andrew Cuomo doesn't believe the science. Well, first of all, because he handled coronavirus worse than any other governor in the country. Something like 30% of deaths from coronavirus happened in New York on his watch. And his policies sent, sent sick people into nursing homes and killed a lot of elderly New Yorkers. So he handled it worse, worse than anybody. If you're going to listen to science, definitely don't listen to Andrew Cuomo telling you to listen to science because Andrew Cuomo doesn't know nothing about science. But on the one hand, he says, listen to science. And then next he was asked if he would take the vaccine after the experts at the FDA approved the vaccine, you know, he said that he was not going to test, trust the scientists. Well, first, uh, how confident am I? Uh, I'm not that confident, but my opinion doesn't matter. I don't believe the American people are that confident. 
you're going to say to the American people now, here's a vaccine, it was new, it was done quickly, but trust this federal administration and their health administration that it's safe. Uh, and um, we're not 100% sure of the consequences. I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine, and they should be. Finally, Cuomo gets it. Thank you. Good. I'm glad. I know that he's just saying this because he's a hack and he doesn't want people to trust the Trump administration. But I'm glad he's saying, wait, hold on. You're telling me that all these eggheads in lab coats who have gotten everything about this virus wrong from the very beginning, now they're going to like inject me with something? Nah, I'm not doing that, man. I don't know. Like maybe I'll do it eventually, but I'm, look, I'm going to be a little bit skeptical. It's totally right to be skeptical. Yeah, you're right. You're right, buddy. <laughs> you're right. I sure wish that you would apply that standard evenly because yeah, I don't trust the science. You know, the one thing I know about scientific discoveries, like, st like in statistically a hundred percent of cases is they change over time. Like every major, every scientific consensus that we've had at various times in history gets changed later as scientific progress develops, as more scientific discoveries are made. Trust the sci science as they're, as they, I think, intend to be using it, is a method of material inquiry that obviously changes with circumstances and is obviously prone to error. So the idea that I'm now going to export every decision that I would make about my life to some egghead at some particular time in history is absolute madness. But beyond that, the, if these guys don't even understand their own field of expertise, why would I have them answer questions well outside their field of expertise? Why would I have Dr. Fauci tell me when I ought to prioritize seeing my family beyond avoiding germs and a certain statistical risk from germs? Why would, Fauci doesn't know anything about that. He's not a philosopher. He's not an ethicist. He's not a theologian. He's not a humanist. He's not any of those things. He's an epidemiologist, which is like sort of a scientific discipline. It's like uh, ish. It's iffy. It's a little bit, it's a, it's a social scientific discipline. I'm glad that Cuomo is coming around. He's coming around in the worst way possible, but I never want to hear again that the Republicans are undermining faith in science, that we're prolonging the virus or anything like that. Andy Cuomo just came out and said, don't take the vaccine. So don't tell me anymore that Trump is endangering lives, ignoring the science. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And by the way, it's not, it's not just on COVID. It's on the ballots too. It's on the vote as well. We're told there's no worries about the vote. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've had uh, mail-in voting now for, uh, I don't know, like a month and we're, we're moving voting way past election day. We're going to have like weeks and weeks of elections, but don't worry. Nothing could go wrong. Things are going wrong. Things are going wrong in Kentucky postal worker in Kentucky was just arrested actually for election interference. We will get to that in a second. But speaking of expertise, speaking of real expertise, you know, small businesses have taken a killing since March. Many are still feeling the effects of the lockdown. Jeremy Boring, our own God King of the Daily Wire, has dealt with some serious problems at this company, which fortunately is still around, but there have been problems going through COVID-19. Actually, there have even been problems with the company when we were succeeding. That's just how businesses work. So we're excited to tell you that tomorrow, the Daily Wire God King Jeremy Boring is going to be presenting alongside a team of world-renowned business leaders at Expert Ownership Live, a two-day virtual conference about leading through crisis. That features a lineup of speakers like leadership author John Maxwell, the founders of Duck Commander and Otterbox, Benham Brothers, many others 
who can relate to what entrepreneurs and leaders are going through right now. So visit expertownershiplive.com slash Knowles today. Get your ticket for tomorrow. That's 197 bucks per ticket with an opportunity to buy a second one for a friend at 50% off. Go to expertownershiplive.com slash Knowles. Buy one ticket for 197 bucks. Get a second one for 50% off. This conference is one of those investments that your business will thank you for in the long run. Go to expertownershiplive.com slash Knowles to register for tomorrow's conference. Also, by the way, Thursday, we are going to be with you for the presidential debate at Backstage. Check us out at 8.45 p.m. Eastern, 5.45 p.m. Pacific. There will be an all-new episode of Backstage to watch the debate with us, get our immediate live reaction to this major political event. I'm sure it will be very controversial and crazy. And even better, if you join Daily Wire now as an insider or all-access member, you will get 20% off with code DEBATE so you can watch all the debate coverage live on our Apple TV or Roku apps. Head on over to dailywire.com, 20% off with code DEBATE when you sign up today. We'll be right back with a lot more. Trust the experts, they told us. Trust the system. Trust the process. Well, we can't, can we? Because the experts got COVID completely wrong from the beginning. Don't forget, they told us, they told us we had to lock down. They told us we shouldn't have locked down. They told us don't wear the masks. They told us wear the masks all the time. Then they didn't wear the masks themselves. Then we were told that anytime anybody contradicts that scientific consensus, they're going to be kicked off of the internet. So, so much for open inquiry and debate. Same thing with the voting. Same thing with the voting. We're seeing that now in Kentucky. A U.S. Postal Service worker threw away over 100 absentee ballots meant for the Jefferson Town area of Jefferson County, Kentucky. Federal agents from the Postal Service Office of Inspector General found the ballots on Thursday morning after they received a tip. 100 ballots. We've seen ballots on the side of the road in New York. We've caught election irregularities in New Jersey. We've seen some curious things in Texas even. Lots of issues here. The experts are going to tell you that there has never been any problem with mail-in voting. If you even suggest that there is going to be fraud in this election, the social media will probably take your post down. They'll say it's, there's no evidence that there has ever been fraud. There's no evidence. Well, first of all, there is evidence in other types of fraud, but there's no evidence that there's fraud in widespread unsolicited mail-in ballots because we've never had them before ever in the history of the country. We have never, we've had absentee ballots where you, where an individual requests the ballot and it comes to them. So there's a far less likely chance that you're going to get ballots to people who have been dead or to old pets or to people who have moved. People move all the time, don't change their registration. But in this case, because we know that the voter registrations are out of date, you're just getting ballots. They're just being mailed out We know that there have been ballot harvesting schemes coast to coast. We know that there have been irregularities. We know that ballots have gone missing. How many of these incidents, like we're seeing in Kentucky, have to happen in Pennsylvania or Ohio or Florida to throw an election? How many people are going to vote twice? Maybe not even intentionally, just because they get a ballot, they show up at the polls. How many people are going to vote given a ballot that was for uh, another relative? The other day I was walking past a mailbox 
ballot was just lying there, right? It was like a kind of in, a, in an apartment building and there, was, there were ballots on the, on the bench. Anybody could take those ballots. We know that there's harvesting going on at nursing homes. Think about how razor thin the margins have been on certain elections. And now you've got this obvious vulnerability introduced into the system. What this would suggest to me is no matter what happens, I think we're, this thing is going to be litigated up, you know, maybe, maybe all the way up to the Supreme Court, but certainly going to be litigated. I don't care if Trump wins 57 states. I mean, Trump's getting some pretty big endorsements these days. Fitty Cent came out for him yesterday. <laughs> great, a great endorsement from Fitty. He said, I don't even care if Trump doesn't like black people. I'm not paying 62% tax rates. <laughs> something, like, something to that effect. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the, the full, the full Fitty endorsement later on, maybe tomorrow in the show. But He's getting a, a huge number of endorsements. I, I see a lot of Trump signs out there. I don't see a lot of Biden signs. But it doesn't matter because the, the vulnerabilities here are, are pretty great. And we know that Democrats are pretty good at stealing elections. They're just very talented at it. So this is a very dangerous sort of situation. And it's not going to be resolved on election night. You know, actually, we know it's not going to be resolved on election night because John Roberts, the putative conservative, who's not really a conservative, he's on the court, he just ruled with the three liberal justices to put a hold on a lower court's order that would permit Pennsylvania ballots to be counted even if they arrive three days after the election. Now, what does that mean? Right now, there's an even number of people on the court. There were nine, then Justice Ginsburg died. Now it's down to eight. So this question came up can ballots be counted three days after the election in Pennsylvania, which is going to be hotly contested. That's a battleground state. Well, the three conservative judges say, no, you can't. You have to get your ballot in by the deadline if you're going to mail it. The three liberals say, nah, you can get it, man, get mail it in wherever you want. And John Roberts sides with the liberals. Why don't we just impeach him already? On every consequential case, John Roberts has, has failed us has sided with the liberals, has failed the constitution. Why don't we, we should impeach him? Because this is going to be some consequential stuff. Shows you this issue. You know, if there were uh, another liberal on the court, maybe Roberts, if there were two liberals on the extra liberals on the court, maybe Roberts would side with the conservatives. Who knows? But you, you notice this about the conservative legal movement. They always seem to lose gracefully. They always, they always, they write some great dissents, you know, but they often don't win these important cases. And John Roberts just looking for an excuse to preserve the institutional integrity of the court, the credibility of the court. How come he's not worried about losing credibility among conservatives? Because I don't have a lot of faith in the Supreme Court. I don't have a lot of trust in the court anymore. John Roberts, once again, betraying conservatives in a way that could cost a presidential election. A lot of false promises we've gotten. A lot of false promises from conservative judges, from quote-unquote conservative politicians. Actually, UFC fighter Jorge Masvidalin. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I've never heard of him. I've never even watched UFC. But this guy, I like him, okay? Because <laughs> this guy, he clearly sees a political situation very well. And he just came out very strongly and, and endorsed Trump because he doesn't want to be suckered anymore by false promises. I'm going to let you in on something. The Democrats just think that they're entitled to the Latino vote. They think that we just have to hand it over to them. That's right. We sure as hell don't. Así mismo. Así mismo. They got to show us what they can do for us. 
what they could do for our communities. We're not going to buy the same wolf tickets and false promises that destroyed great countries like Venezuela and Cuba. It's not going to happen. You know what else is not going to work for them? Playing Despacito on your cell phone to pander to us. Hell no. You got to give us some credit for having heads on our shoulders. I'm going to wrap this up with some words of Barack Obama. He said elections have consequences. That is true. And those words have never been more true than they are today. We either re-elect President Trump and keep America great. Amen. Or we let Joe Biden destroy the greatest country the world has ever seen. Very strong endorsement. His delivery is terrific. It's just, look, this is obviously like a pretty macho, normal guy. <laughs> you know, he's uh, not very woke, I would suspect, in, in his comportment. He goes, it's like, yeah, man, look, they've been lying to us. They pander to us. They think we're a bunch of idiots. They take us for granted on the basis of our race, usually. And we're just not going to take that anymore. And it's very matter of fact. And I, that, I like the matter of fact approach to Trump. Because the left becomes very hysterical, like those gals that we were playing on the show yesterday. But the right, very matter of fact, yeah, okay, maybe you don't like this about Trump or that about Trump, but he's doing a good job. Actually, the reasoning that Jorge gives for why you should support Trump, beyond, you know, how offensive it is that Biden and the Dems pander to people and lie to people and have empty promises, he gives a great sports analogy that I think is good reasoning we should all keep in mind. Now, I'm a professional athlete and I've been one for most of my life, so I've always seen things through a sports lens. That makes Donald Trump our head coach. And before the global pandemic, we were winning Super Bowls. And when you're winning Super Bowls, you don't fire the coach. You don't, doesn't matter if you don't like the plays he runs, the players he puts on the field, or what he says on Twitter. You sure as hell don't replace him for another coach that's been in the business for 47 years at every level and never won a game. <laughs> This is a great analogy, and it gets to a big difference between the left and the right, because notice he didn't say here, look, Trump's our quarterback. Look, Trump, Trump is like Tom Brady, okay, and he's a winner, and he's a winner, because that would suggest that Trump is doing all of these things himself. But we know Trump isn't doing all of these things himself. We know that the president actually has relatively little direct power. Much of his power is from the bully pulpit. Much of his power is putting some people in place that then carry out these operations. But the president himself, it's not like he's sitting on his computer all day, like typing away emails and, and you know, uh, filing like spreadsheets and things like that. He's not doing that. His job is one of inspiration to the people and then of appointment to get good people in place so that can actually run this massive government. He's not the quarterback. He's the head coach. He's that, and we're the players. <laughs> and he's done a good job getting us all to like play very well. And his appointees are the players and the and he's, he's done a good job there. And this, this analogy of the, to the head coach doesn't reflect very well on Joe Biden because Joe Biden has been in the game for 47 years and he hasn't went, won a single game. He hasn't. I, I really like that. And it's very simple, unemotional. You don't need to get all worked up about it and try to invent all these crazy theories about Russia or whatever nonsense it is. He's doing a good job. 
By the way, the question is, I, I think that the Democrats were cheering on in many ways, the lockdowns, and they kept the lockdowns longer than they should have kept them because they wanted to depress the economy. Bill Maher told us this and other leftists too, but Bill Maher in particular, he said, yeah, we should get a recession because a recession will kick Trump out and it's better to destroy people's financial lives and get Trump out than to have another four years of Trump. Remember he said that it was pretty awful stuff, but he, he admitted it at least. And I think a lot of leftists believe it, but I don't think people blame Trump for the pandemic. They know the thing came from China. They know that it was the leftists and the eggheads and the technocrats who were insisting on keeping this thing shut, shut down over a virus that has a 99% plus survival rate. They know that the big errors that occurred in the treatment of the virus occurred in democratic states like New York. Don't forget, federal government made a lot of masks, made a lot of ventilators, did shut, shut down travel from China, shut down travel from Europe. What did Andy Cuomo do? He sent all the sick people to go live in nursing homes. So and just as a matter of policy handling the virus, obviously the Republicans did much better than the Democrats, but I don't think they blame Trump for this kind of thing. I think they look at, look at Trump and they say, gosh, you know, this, this pandemic was pretty bad, but things were going well before these lockdowns and maybe they can go well again. That's at least what this UFC champ seems to think. That's what I, I think a lot of other people are, are thinking too, even if they won't say it to the pollsters. The question is, will all of these forces, the presidential debate commission, the media, big tech, the, the bureaucrats, the people counting the ballots, will they be able to con- collude together, to use a popular word, will they be able to collude and overwhelm Trump and that support for Trump? Or will Trump beat the establishment again? A few weeks to find out. We will get into it. The debate might have a big effect on it. So we'll see that on Thursday. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. And production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there. Mm